0: it's the question that drives us
1: what is the podcast matrix get your entire podcast library hosted at the podcast matrix what is the podcast matrix
0: when you hear the words friday the 13th what do you think While most will recollect a certain impossible to be killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition, episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast, from Two Guys Talking Horror.
1: I've on-the-spot concepted, written, and read thousands of episode intros over the years to a variety of podcast programs. But what if what I wrote became reality? What if what I wrote was responsible for murder? This episode takes Friday the 13th, the series, on a dramatic trip inside of a monastery of monks. Our boy-girl team seeks a poison pen, the one responsible for the murders of untold numbers to prevent doom from befalling everyone else inside this episode. Were they successful? Will they prevent the next death that may be their own? We'll find out inside this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 2,
2: The Poison Pen.
1: Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
1: Nick, another great episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But before we get to the retelling, some quick housekeeping. (laughs) Two Guys Talking Business. Nick, there's so many different kinds of business and business relationships that can develop online, and I'm super proud to announce a new podcast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. It's called Two Guys Talking Business. It's actually the centerpiece for a new automated lead generation engine that I'm conjuring up for a series of companies Uh, The neat part is that that podcast is going to be the official promotional platform for everything inside of that business. Ah, What that means is that each of the businesses that come aboard will now have an automatic ongoing promotional platform built out of a podcast to showcase their talents, their skill sets, their experiences, but more importantly, their perspectives inside of business. That means a great new library and, incredibly robust place for anybody interested in any kind of business at all to come and learn about business in general everyone should go check it out over at guys and look for more information about that automated lead generation engine platform that I'm referring to it's great stuff the fugitive perspective review Hey Nick yeah mike what do you get when you add four cops and an interpreter into a podcast studio you get a four-hour long perspective
2: review of a great movie from the
1: 1990s (laughs) you do you get the perspective review of uh of 1993's the fugitive starring harrison ford directed by andrew davis and man was it awesome to jump back into that and review a movie that I remember a lot of different scenes about, but the great detail here is that not only do you have uh, Chief Chris, Law Enforcement Administration for 25 years, not only have you got Lieutenant Pat, who is a crisis negotiator with over 20 years of experience, not only have you got Officer Tommy from FreeFieldTraining.com from the Chicago area in studio Ah. to give perspective on the different sites that you see inside of it, we got... Rick Knight, who is a former, now retired, U.S. Marshal.
2: Okay, so you said U.S. Marshal Rick Knight.
1: Come on. I, I know,
2: right? Come on, that's, that's, that's a that's that movie is his real name. right there. That's a movie not, character not, right there. Not
1: only is his name a movie character, the guy's voice, I'm telling you, I got to... I totally have to stoke him to get on a podcast yeah. because he's incredibly entertaining. He's incredibly knowledgeable, but like every other law enforcement guy that I've had inside of the, the what dot perspective review, anything mm-hmm. incredibly down to earth and willing to share his expertise, his knowledge and his perspective inside the fugitive perspective review. It's going to be a huge edit. Obviously at four and a half hours capture time, it, it's, it was a long capture, right? but damn, it's good. Yeah, It's so educational. It gives so many great perspectives, and the stories are kick-ass. Look for that soon over at twoguystalking.com forward slash TheFugitive. All right, well, enough housekeeping for this episode, Nick. Let's go straight to the retelling of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, Season 1, Episode 2.
2: The Poison Pen. I've got my monk costume ready. Nice what, hair. What do what they great. wear? What do monks wear? Robes? Robes? I've got my robes ready.
1: Funky monkey. This episode starts off, not so strangely, very much like uh, something that could be used inside of the sitcom version of The Exorcist.
2: Well, yes, if it was if if The Exorcist were were a sitcom, yeah, uh, we we open up in a very spacious looking office. There are a handful of uh, very dignified speaking monks talking about whether or not they should sell the place, and, and and everything's very strange, and you don't really know what you're watching until the abbot. I I assume the uh, current
1: living abbot. The current
2: living <laughs> abbot. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Decides to take the, their decision on whether or not they should sell the the abbey, the monastery. Uh, he starts going upstairs, and he's gonna. He steps outside, and he's on kind of. It's not the roof, but he's very high. It's a beautiful day, and he's admiring the birds and the sky. And then you start hearing a voiceover, and this voiceover is basically saying everything that he's writing down in this book. About how, oh, well, the abbot always loved nature and always loved the sky and always Mm -hmm. wanted to fly. And then all of a sudden, the abbot starts floating. We won't even talk about the green screen effects for this, but but he starts floating. He floats out over the the grounds of the monastery Mm -hmm. and then uh, (laughs) plummets to his bloody death.
1: And so newspaper word spreads of the abbot's death, where Ryan, Mickey, and Jack find out about the death. And as they're reading the details, they remember back to something that they remember seeing inside the ledger. Inside the ledger, of course, is the quill, the poison pen that's (laughs) been sold previously. And so they devise a plan. And the plan inside of this episode is to dress Mickey and Ryan both ...as male monks.
2: Ah, yes. The Victor Victoria... Mickey actually gets ace bandages wrapped around her chest... ...to make her look less feminine... ...which, honestly... A failure. ...really doesn't do anything. (laughs) Luckily enough... ...also, just because you can look the part... ...of a monk... ...doesn't mean that you actually get to enter a monastery. Fortunately, Jack had some 14th century parchment laying around and was able to forge documents that made it look exactly like it did should. And Mickey and Ryan had absolutely no problems getting in to the monastery.
1: So they get into the monastery and they begin meeting the different characters and people that are inside the, the monk monastery.
2: Creepy monk, silent <laughs> monk, monk with glasses.
1: Reasonably creepy monk, but still kind of a decent guy. Just right. He doesn't get out much. <laughs> well, you yes. get to meet all of them, right? So you get to meet this cast of characters. And as the story continues, the next death is issued inside of a bed.
2: Yes, evidently the prophet of death, which is one of the monks that supposedly lives in this monastery, who using this quill, has predicted that the new abbot is going to die. But there is no new abbot. No no new abbot has been called Hey, for.
1: abbot!
2: I hate that guy. Sadly, this this very nice monk finds out just as he's about to sleep he reads a letter he's just been named the new abbot
1: oh awesome
2: and because of the prophecy he must now die and he's killed by his own bed Boom. and when I say by his own bed I mean the sheets wrap around him to where he can't get up and then the canopy above him slowly starts to come down to smother him
1: to death so as soon as the laugh track ends for that death oh. There's then another grisly death, this time involving a guillotine.
2: We learn, thankfully, because Jack has also infiltrated the monastery now. With so a wonderful have, Irish accent. That's not wonderful at all. But now we have we have our trio where they're together, and they have discovered that there are actually two criminals hiding in this monastery mm-hmm. pretending to be monks right. and they're the ones who are making these prophecies and using the pen and evidently it's all about it's all about money it's all about money but the one criminal just doesn't want to do it anymore because he's constantly locked away and has no friends, no nobody to talk to, he can't stand it, he'd rather have prison so he leaves and the other evil monk, Monk Lachwach, also known as Rupert <laughs> Writes with the pen and kills his partner with a guillotine.
1: So after the laugh track of this grisly death dies down, there's some more adult Scooby-Doo-like shenanigans that go on here where our heroes are able to get into the room and or office of the faux new abbot looking for the poison pen to try and grab it and replace it with a fake poison pen so that they can leave and ensure that no one else is going to be murdered. They think they've done it until
2: Rupert shows up hearing that the pen that he has in his hand isn't going to work. Right. Demands the real pen back and then takes a piece of paper that Jack is holding to start writing.
1: Snatches it right out of his hand. Just snatches it right doesn't
2: mm-hmm. doesn't bother looking at it. Mm-hmm. Snatches it right out of his hand and starts writing Jack, Mickey, and Ryan's grisly death. The only thing is that he hasn't put in all of their names. But the aha moment happens when Jack says, You should never write on a piece of paper that you've already signed. So, Rupert turns the paper over and it actually turns out that the piece of paper he's been writing on was an old receipt... That he signed when he bought the pen originally from Louis Vanderdee. Right, right. And the gruesome death that befalls him a floating guillotine blade right through the back.
1: So, following the grisly death, our three heroes take the poison quill, which means that this item, the poison pen, has been recovered. Corporate greed rings in every realm. It's funny. I was just talking about this inside of the perspective review of the fugitive mm-hmm. where inside that film, there's also the big mention in that movie about big pharma. Right. Well, inside of this episode of this television series, you have something very similar where it is just big corporate greed. Somebody's out to get over on the man. And the thing that they're going to get over with just happens to be this giant monk monastery.
2: Yeah. They want to turn it into there. There's some developer, that wants to turn it into a luxury hotel slash condominium mm-hmm. resort area because it's it's hundreds of acres yeah. and it's a
1: beautiful. Yeah.
2: The, I will beautiful tell I will stuff. tell you this the mm-hmm. the set that they got wherever they were shooting the location they got beautiful yeah, set brilliant
1: and real and I mean, real that, that, yes. that's the other thing is that. Uh, again, in many of the things that we review, what we'll see would have been three or four different sets. of very effective stagecraft, right? And that's not what we got here. What we got was look at the monastery,
2: except for I, I seriously doubt that the the dungeon in the bottom was probably a set. i I'm going to say that was a set. How do you know? I well, I would hope that yeah, you this monastery. Been there, have, you? have you? I haven't been there, but I, I don't think that murder rooms are common in uh, modern monasteries.
1: Yeah, well, you just haven't been reading the right books. I'm telling you. The value of a much slower burn. There's something to be said for storytelling that can be elongated over a series of 43 to 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the formulaic conveyance of story inside of, I would say, probably between 1991 and really in a lot of shows, what we get now is very often so incredibly fast-paced twitching almost Mm -hmm, that you don't really know. You might know what you're watching, but you it's very hard to follow what is going on because the short attention span theater factor is just so incredibly prevalent. What you have inside this episode is a very, very slow burn, especially as you burn through the second and third murder inside of this episode of this Mm. television show. Yeah real slow burns it's it's something definitively different than what you get inside of modern day television now I
2: think if this episode would have been filmed today it would have been jump scares and more well definitely more gruesome deaths mm-hmm. uh, these like you said especially death two and three were slow it was a, it was kind of a build to it it was mm-hmm. uh, tension it was tension building. Now, of course, it doesn't really work for today's audience because this was made for late 80s audiences. They were more fragile than, you know, our stock of today Mm -hmm. where we can take all the blood and the gore.
1: Mm -hmm. Creating the science of the poison pen. This I found very interesting, but you're always going to get me inside of episodes of this program Mm -hmm. where you give any kind of origin stories in regard to what is exactly going on with whatever the hell the item is. Right. I'm always going to get off on that. And it's always going to be something that I appreciate inside this series because that is the piece of the storytelling that I'm in for.
2: Yeah. The antique.
1: Yeah. I want to know way more about, I want to know way more about what's going on with the item Almost more than what I do of the story of recovering it inside Mm. of the inside of the different episodes. So it's I really appreciate when they give time to that, because, again, in today's storytelling, that's not where they would go. They would they would sink you deep on trying to, especially in a series like this, way more jump scares, way more grandiosity in regard to either gore or splash kills or jump cuts yeah, yeah, and we don't have that we have a slow burn we have a focus on learning more about the actual item and then again the drag of that slow burn across an episode that is not quick jump cuts effective practical effects on top of a bit of cgi slurry so between the real spiders, between the using the real effects at the end to showcase the kill of LaCroix, yeah. uh, it's all very well done. Again, uh, we're only two episodes in, but in each of these first two episodes, there's been, I won't say a focus on practical effects, because frankly, back then, that's what you got.
2: That's what you got, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what you got. If you, if you had something CGI, it was something very either specialized or maybe used inside of a pinnacle moment, which inside of this episode, there were
2: two uh, definite
1: definitive moments. maybe they shouldn't have been <laughs> CGI moments but other than that the rest of it was outstanding and all practical uh, in particular, we we talked about the mention of a reasonably shoddy green shot at the beginning of that Abbott floating, but then they got to parts where he was just doing wire work, and I thought that that all worked just fine. Right, yeah. That worked out as fine as anything inside of Star Wars worked inside of the very first films, mm-hmm. uh, including the flying C-3PO, which was all wires for those yeah. that have forgotten.
2: Well, and they also use an actual live spider in this. Mm-hmm. So again, a practical effect using a live animal instead of cheating it and just doing a cgi spider
1: yeah yeah it all worked real well thumbs up there totally that's a very pretty boy slash young male okay just to be clear Roby as a boy slash man you gotta be kidding me. Uh, yeah just no way between there being clear breasts, like, I don't think they bothered wrapping her after they wrapped her that once on camera. Right. They just didn't. And, I mean, I get it. Why Why would you? Yeah, exactly. But, no, sorry. You, you hope for the
2: bagginess of the robe to do the job for you. Yeah. I get it.
1: Yeah. There's also something that we talked about inside of, again, the Fugitive Perspective Review, that this is kind of a little bit of cheat. But we talked about the physicality of an actor like, like River Phoenix. And River Phoenix literally being able to take on the wounded injured hero factor abilities of Harrison Ford. If you'll remember inside of that third Indiana Jones film,
2: the um, last crusade, the last
1: crusade, what you'll remember from the very beginnings of that film is river Phoenix as young Indiana Jones. And what struck me the most and still does to this day, even when I watch it, when you watch him in his physical expressions of young Indiana Jones, you can clearly see that at some point, River Phoenix either went and met and just watched Harrison Ford or watched every single one of the previous movies and other feature films that Harrison Ford has been in. Right. And said, this is his gate when something is amiss or he's trying to do something effectively, but isn't doing it effectively because he can't do that effectively. Yeah. That gate is what I'm telling you is missing completely from Mickey inside of this episode. If you were a young woman, especially one as attractive as Mickey is inside of this series, the one thing you would definitively want to do if you know you're not going to speak because of a vow of uh, silence, which is awesome, that's a great way to skate around it. I don't have any problem with that. But if you knew you were going to be around a bunch of men, you would learn or showcase walking like a man. Mm Mm-hmm. And for those of you that say, what do you mean walking like a man? Well, then you clearly don't understand what I'm talking about either, and it doesn't matter. But for those of you that do, you get it. And that's what's missing inside of this actor portrayal. Now, I'm not going to rain on her parade, because, my God, we're talking the second episode of a giant series.
2: Second episode of something that Mickey even says in the episode that, that this was not how she wanted her life. You know, she was right. engaged. She was going to get married. You right. know, She had a career. And Ryan tells her, well, if we don't do it, who will? Right, nobody's going to believe us. Hey, officer, you know, all these antiques are cursed. They're going to take us to the nut house. It makes sense that she's not trying to be all stealthy detective going to infiltrate this monastery like a pro cuz she's not. It's the second episode.
1: Right, right. The pacing I know inside of the positives we talk definitively about there being a wonder of having a longer burn inside yeah, of the storytelling. Yeah. And I, I, I admit that I will take that, and I think that it is definitively different than anything that we get now. But I have to tell you that along with that very long burn inside the episode... There's some very serious pacing problems that happen at the same time. Yeah. What What that means is that I'm not looking for again. I'm not looking for jump scares every five seconds inside of this episode, or a goofy swoopy woo moment inside of the episode <laughs> to help keep me entertained. What I am looking for is storytelling that helps me to keep my attention focused, and that is what's missing inside of this episode. Probably fifty percent of the time. Yeah, it's
2: it's they they actually utilize the location too much. Mm,
1: That's well said. uh, That's well said.
2: I mean, literally, it's 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 like money shots of the monastery yeah. all the time
1: I, I mean which makes sense you know wh- wh- when else if are you going to get it, into a monastery it. instead yeah, of a second exactly. episode who knows if we're going to get episode four five and six we better shoot this thing
2: yeah it's a lot of i get it. creeping I get around it. and it's it's long takes of people creeping down long, long hallways staircases it's and like stuff, yeah. it's like wow this is taking forever. Yeah.
1: You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me very much of if you had access to something for a 24-hour uh, uh, movie-making contest. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminds me of. Let's say you had access to a monastery to film your 24-hour movie. Well, Jesus. Of course you would try and take advantage of every single right. you could. No, yeah, totally. You, you know what I thought was really impressive, too, was that real-life torture room. Uh, the shots in there, they used a lot of time inside of that real-life torture room. Right. <laughs> We're gliding almost as fast as the flying guillotine inside of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, Season 1, Episode 2, The Poison Pen. We will be right back. Make your podcast soar with the editor core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with The Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. Editorcore.com. That's editorcore.com.
0: It's
1: the question that drives us What is the Podcast Matrix? Get your entire podcast library hosted at the Podcast Matrix. What is the Podcast Matrix? Dot com.
2: It's a situation we've all been in. Our younger selves, tucked snugly in our beds. It's dark and peaceful and quiet. Just as you're about to slip off to sleep, it happens. You hear a noise, a noise you can't explain. You pull the covers up to your nose as your eyes scan the murky blackness of your bedroom. You tell yourself it was only your imagination. Then it happens again. What is it? Where's it coming from? From the attic? From the closet? from under your bed? As a child, that feeling of terror seems to last a lifetime. Once we get older, our imaginations calm down, and we begin to fear real things. We just ignore those silly sounds from the dark. Don't we? The thrill of being scared can be intoxicating. Whether it's from books, film, music, or art, we know... We have a safe and controlled way to get a good fright. Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we dig deep in what really scares us all on Two Guys Talking Horror. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
1: Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete detailing of each episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 2, The Poison Pen. Every time we come back from break during the Curious Goods Podcast, we always focus on our Curious Goods. An interesting segment inside the episode, a great actor's portrayal, or something else that tripped our collective Curious Goods night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got?
2: I like the robes.
1: <laughs> well, good. <laughs> good for you. No. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. I like ace bandages, giant ones.
2: I don't like those. They should not be used to, tear, to push anything down. They should down. be
1: for Bolton.
2: My Curious Good for this episode would actually, actually is the curious good of the episode. It's the poison pen. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of the practical way that you you can have something so innocuous as a, a, a I can't even remember what it was a just, 15th century pen mm-hmm.
1: It's a duck feather with a pen smashed on it.
2: Right, but it's not a duck feather, It's uh, it was a condor, that's what it was. It was this innocuous pen that had this, this in ornate condor feather mm-hmm. shoved in the back of it. Mm-hmm. And just looking at it, I mean, it just looks like a really cool prop. And then when you add on the fact that it's cursed and anything bad that you write will come true.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Now, I do love it when they give detail. Again, it goes back to learning more about the items and how they work inside of episodes right. like this. And I really enjoy that. It It's a piece where... There's so many different resources inside of the Star Trek universe that allow you to go and dig into the real life, quote, operations of how things work. Okay. Whether it's like the maps, you can get inside of the technical manual, or you can go and read the the um, encyclopedias that they have for Star Trek. Right. And it's everything. Every factoid that's ever been presented as a piece of fact inside of Star Trek, is inside of a volume of this thing. And you can go back and you can use it as a piece of resource inside yeah, of either yeah. trivia question haunts or just to have a resource so it gives you a better frame of reference in regard to the lore of the television programs. I mean, every time we get a piece of what you're talking about, it's exactly the same thing. Mm. I think that's really valuable and a, and a really good point. My curious good inside this episode has got to be... That's just not a man, dude. Sorry. <laughs> to, to, uh, as much as I want to try and, and, and stroke a lot of what happens inside of this epi- episode that I really liked, what I have to focus on inside of our curious good inside of this is something that was bad. Oh. No way, no way, does anybody walk in and go, look a dude looking at Roby. No way. Right. There's just no way.
2: Doesn't matter how long those monks have been sequestered in that, that I don't, monastery. Well, I, see,
1: I don't think it would help that if, if they've been sequestered along in this. <laughs> Wow, you don't look marrying, like any monk I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, you're incredibly effeminate right. monk. What, what I will give them kudos on, and we talked a little bit about this uh, off recording, but it definitely merits some recording time, is that they were completely able, even with a with a pinhole peephole, to avoid every single potential pedophile twist inside of this episode.
2: Oh yeah, well, I mean, if this was made today. It, it would be... It would be replete with it. Well, yeah, there, there would It'd be turn a lot of pedophile porkies. jokes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of my point, is that they're bothering to showcase it to you and not bending over into what seems like backwards or black comedy mm. to show you that, hey, look what we just did. And that's what we get today inside of modern-day storytelling slash not comedy but yet comedic. Right. And we don't have any of that inside of this episode. So while it's definitively a thumbs down for somebody buying that Roby is a man, sorry, no way, between the walking the talking loud, between the showering, all of that. It's, it, it, there's not a picture of a man portrayed there at all. That's where we ask you guys, what's your Curious Good? Inside of this episode, Season 1, Episode 2, The Poison Pen. Let us know what you think by going over to our website, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you think. ah the rating something that's always a piece of fun here during the curious goods podcast is the rating for this episode of friday the 13th the series the scale works thusly a 10 is on top of the heap a flying guillotine complete with crushing chest action on the other end is a one Roby is a man Everything starts as a seven, as an average, the numbers go up with positives, the numbers go down with negatives, and Nick, there are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got?
2: For a second episode, again, uh, you know, good good job. I mean, you landed a great location and you shot the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. So there is that quality. But then you have to take into account the handful of dings that were in this episode. Mm -hmm. The pacing is a huge factor. Big one for me. The fact that they did not really try to make Mickey's character look more mannish to fit in. Uh, It almost became a comedy bit. Hey, look at this. I'm going to wrap this ace bandage around a hot girl. And then we're going to put her in a monk's robe, and that's it.
1: And, and, I mean, she just looks like real look If they were going to make her look like a man, she looks like a man maybe out of Auschwitz. You know, like, something's wrong. Yeah. And, again, it's the gate. You watch her walk in any scene anywhere... That's not a dude. True. Sorry.
2: And that doesn't bother me because she's not an expert at this. She hasn't tried to be a man before. Now, if we get into season two and she's pretended to be a man 17 different times and she's still walking like a chick, <laughs> then she, then we've got a huge problem. We do have
1: a huge problem, right?
2: Even though I don't want to harp on some of the effects, the final kill where not Abbott, LaCroche also known as Rupert, when he gets the guillotine in the back and he falls down, it clearly shows that the guillotine has come through. The blade has come through all yep. the way to the front yep. because it's poking up in his robe, right. which is great. But I needed a little bit more proof than just, uh, uh, ooh, his, his robe's uh, poking up there. He's got a uh, an erection in his chest. Uh, I would have really liked to see maybe like a, a thin red line indicating blood. I don't need to see the pooling of the blood, which I know is coming. Right. But if there was some, if there was some indication that this this guy was actually hurt and not just extremely happy to be there, I would have been happier. So I have to rate this episode a six.
1: I'm not ready to peel away the quality veneer of the episode based on a chest rection like my cohort here well, it wasn't um, the
2: only thing i talked about but it's evidently the only thing you're going to focus on But it's definitely
1: on. the most entertaining piece of your your rating inside this right, episode okay. <laughs> fine look I, I am a huge proponent of effective pacing inside of storytelling regardless of what happens inside of whatever it, no matter what i'm watching As long as you give me decent pace, I can pretty much scoot throughout anything. Right. Inside of this episode, we did not get effective pacing. Nope. So it's definitive chalk down from seven to a six for that. Inside of the not man-verse inside of this episode, I've got to chalk it down one more. So while you give this episode a six, got to go to a five, dude. That's where we ask you guys, what was your rating for this episode? Season one, episode two, The Poison Pen. Let us know what you think by going over to our website, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page, fill out that quick web form, and tell us what you think. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
1: Regardless of how poison your pen is, we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Curious Goods podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at curiousgoodspodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed.
1: Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a complete deta... A complete re... Retelling. Is it retelling, though? Is re- Retelling, revisit,
2: retailing. and complete detailing.
1: Okay. I'll re- I was Where's literally
2: on? reading it from your you, previous fucker? notes from episode one.
1: Fine! Look, if you're going to make me read my own note. Oh,
2: gonna, if, you know if you're gonna go to just keep on changing everything, everything, every fucking episode, Mike.
1: You know, I I think what we can do is we can name the podcast the Common Goods Podcast. <laughs> 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 because why not?
2: Yes, because it's so common.
1: Okay. <sighs> uh, Back means. in from break. Back in from break. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha,